Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience Week 12 Rankings Breakdown. We'll touch a bit to re-up on the waiver wire just a little bit. And then at the end of the show, we, since we are live and the trade deadline is approaching, we will be taking your trade questions and weighing in on them. And you probably don't want my entire advice on that, but the Athletics' Jake Seeley is on the line. And that's someone's trade advice that you probably respect and probably want to hear his answer on. So you just leave your questions. I'll call for them towards the end of the show. We'll do our normal show like usual and then go on with it all. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, easy way to do so. Smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, not the live chat, the comment section. Tell me your favorite wide receiver sleeper for week 12 the other way to get into the draw for 20 dk bucks subscribe to the pat mayo experience audio podcast download them episodes leave a five-star review DraftKings handle and something you like about the show you know what for the audio review this week i'm gonna make it 50 bucks so 20 bucks for the youtube one 50 bucks giveaway for dk bucks i mean that's your three entries into the pat mayo experience open if you want to use it that way so yeah 50 bucks you leave that audio review so you know you might want to go do that if you haven't done it, it takes like 10 seconds so you might as well try that out uh the pat mayo experience DraftKings open the link is not available to me yet once it is i will post it in the description of this podcast and video so you can go play in the best tournament on DraftKings. $15 to play, three max entry, no rake. It's a $45,000 of guaranteed money, 5K to first place. It's pretty good. Let's bring him in. Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com. We are live, but you have told me that you are expecting visitors from the Salvation Army. <laughs> yeah, I am. You know, that time window that they hit to pick up a mattress didn't really uh, work out here. It's supposed to be by two o'clock, so we might have visitors at some point, especially if they don't read the sign that's out front. Yeah, people bad at reading. That is one thing that happens with the rest of society. Like I was telling you, like I live in a building that's a condo, but it looks like a house, but it's way too big to be an actual house because it would cost like $80 million depending on where it's at. Like it's so big. It's it's a giant mansion that's separated into a whole bunch of different condo units uh, at this point in time. It's been repurposed, but people just leave all of like the Amazon packages outside of the front door. So they just get rained on or stepped on instead of just opening the door, which is open and leaving them in the lobby. It's terrible news. I'd say leave it in the foyer because that really aggravates me. Did you say foyer or foyer? Because it's foyer, and anyone that says foyer sounds very day class A. Can't you say it both ways? No, it's, fo- it's foyer. It's a French word. You can't say foyer. It's like saying croissant. <laughs> no, it's not. It is. I think there's some. I think there's been some words that have been Americanized, but I, I say foyer. Like you find me in the foyer after church or something like that. No, By the you, way, to go they, back to they the, can, they can find you in the foyer. Do not say foyer. It makes you sound Hold like up. an idiot. <laughs> it does. You know what else makes you sound like an idiot? Speaking of not reading, go back to, you know what? The the 60% ownership, the very first tweet I got when I tweeted my waiver article at 12.01 a.m. Mohamed Sanu, question mark? <laughs> That's pretty good. So That's d- the very d- first. D- decided not to be like, oh, okay, I see how this works. No, can't do that. No. By the way, I hear a truck. Is that them? It could be them. I'm going to peek. Live peeking. Live peek on the show. 
So I do want to run through the waivers. I switched it up a little bit when I did the show yesterday uh, with Sal Vetri. You can go back and check that out, the recap and the extended breakdown of each position of the waiver wire. But I started to get into this thing about Jonathan Williams. When we get into the running back rankings, we'll figure that out a little bit. But it now appears like Jordan Wilkins might end up being active (laughs) Thursday night against the Texans, which throws us into an entire loop. I was starting to think that the best guy in the Colts backfield that you might be able to get is probably just Naheem Hines. And for that reason, I'm kind of with you. Look, as of today, I think we could assume they'll probably give Jonathan Williams first crack at it because we've seen Wilkins before and we've seen Wilkins pretty much be mediocre. And we just saw Jonathan Williams step into the middle of the game and have a really nice game. This is the Jonathan Williams that everybody was losing their mind for back with the Bills. And, oh, he's going to replace LaShawn McCoy. And if anything happens to LaShawn McCoy and LaShawn McCoy is toast. And that's so Jonathan Williams does have a little bit of a pedigree. He hasn't really surfaced since. So maybe that tells you a little bit, but he looked good. So you would think the first opportunity goes there. But in this matchup, the Texans pass defense hasn't been as like, I know they just got obliterated, but if you look at how they've been giving up passes a lot in the short game and some of their biggest, I look back at the past three or four games, some of their biggest plays they've given up are pass catching running backs out of the backfield, 20 yards to Jalen Richard, another big play to your boy, Mark Ingram last week, they've been pass catching running backs hitting for 20, 30, 40 yards. So Naheem Hines could be the one that, excuse me, takes one for a little bit this week. So I ended up going top five, and this all depends on what your team needs are. If you don't need a running back this week, then maybe you can go down the list a little bit. But I got Bo Scarborough, Trey Edmonds, Kalen Balaj, Naheem Hines, Darius Geis. And the Edmonds thing really hinges on Benny Snell continuing to be inactive along with James Conner. But if it's just going to be Jalen Samuels and Trey Edmonds active against Cincinnati, you could probably just play them both. You probably could. And obviously, if you're looking long term and speak like Kansas City, like that's a whole different situation with Daryl Williams by himself. But didn't you see the report just about an hour ago? Mike Tomlin's excited about the return of Benny Snell. I saw that report. He's excited about it. But then he's like, we need to see if he's healthy first. It's like, all right. Uh, how about you? You already have to see if he's any good, which he's not. I mean, he's probably better than Trey Edmonds. Okay, that's not saying much. He's, no, it's not, but if uh, one of them like, is used and the other one is... Like, if Benny Snell is going to get 15 carries against the Bengals, like, that guy is entirely playable. No, he's not, because it's going to be Brian Hill-type carries. He's mis- He's like uh, the finger paintings from Happy Gilmore's girlfriend. They're not any good. <laughs> I don't think you need to be good against the Bengals, man. I really do. I like, look, this is Brian Hill had a nice matchup last week. It's not the Bengals, but it was very close. This most rushing touchdowns given up in the league. Brian Hill fell on his face and I'm not, there's no way I'm touching Betty Snell. I will happily come on the show next week and be like, I, I was completely wrong because I think there's about a 1% chance of that happening. Well, I have Edmund. When we get to the ranking, like it's not like I have Edmonds high. I have him behind Jordan <laughs> Wilkins, assuming Jordan Wilkins is going to be active for this game. But like I, with, the four teams on by and they're all like Minnesota, KC, the Chargers, like that's you could potentially have been using in deeper leagues, McCoy and or Williams, two of the Chargers right. running backs. You could have been using Dalvin Cook and then in just like some sort of cycle between using awful David Johnson. Maybe you had Chase Edmonds and picked up Kenyon Drake. So like you might be in dire straits this week if you have to pick someone up. Like <laughs> if I had to pick any of them up to play for this week, it'd probably be Bo Scarborough against the Redskins. Oh, yeah, I would definitely pick up our Scarborough before any of these, despite it being Patricia. But at least we know what Scarborough is. And I wrote this up in the waiver column that I call these when he came out of college. I said he's a little bit lesser version of Derrick Henry. And so you're going to get zero, probably pass catching opportunities, especially when you have McKissick in the mix. And who knows what Johnson's doing. But 
you should probably get between 14, 16, 17 carries a game. The goal line works. So I don't mind Scarborough, but I got to tell you, before touching Edmonds or Snell, I'd rather roll out Patrick Laird. I, I really do think that they're going to use him even more after last week in the passing game. Enough with Balazs. I, I mean, just looking at the snap counts, I can't see them going away from Balazs. It doesn't seem to be what yeah, they want to do. I mean, I, can, even, I, I, I mean, I can <laughs> see it. I just don't think that they're going to do that. I do, especially now. Like, if you, if, you know what? Give Balazs the same snaps last week. Just give Laird the snaps now vacated by Mark Walton. And look at what Laird did in the passing game last week, even with just those the very limited snaps. I, I think Laird's going to push for more of a, like a 30, 40% workload this week. All right. Well, I knew you liked him, so I left him out of the rankings for you to drop him in somewhere. So let's get to those running back rankings for week 12. Likely in, I have Jordan Howard, Matt Breda, and Jordan Wilkins. Likely out, I have James Conner, Benny Snell, Chris Thompson, and Devonta Freeman. Marlon Mack has, I guess, officially been ruled out. He had hand surgery. He's expected to miss a couple weeks. I don't think he's playing on Thursday night. Minnesota KC, the Chargers in Arizona, all on bye week. Christian McCaffrey, still number one in the rankings. No stunner there. And then you have, on the other side of the ball, you have Alvin Kamara at number two. Pass catching extraordinaire, Alvin Kamara. After that, I have Saquon. Week off against Chicago, bad run defense. It should be a situation where Berkeley can take advantage of. But honestly, after one and two, it's an entire mix of like good quality running backs and not the best situations. Yeah, Berkeley, Fournette, Elliott, Henry, Chubb, Carson, Aaron Jones, and Josh Jacobs. The Jets, 49ers, Philly, uh, not so much Miami, not so much Jacksonville, but New England. Um, I mean, the the Carson Jones and Jacobs matchups all aren't great. I did want to point out that since Kareem Hunt has come back, Nick Chubb is Derrick Henry. Yeah, that's pretty – well, I'd say – well, no, I guess Derrick Henry this year is getting one or two catches a game. So, yeah, Yeah. essentially – but he's better than Derrick Henry because he's better – he's one of the top five-ish talents in the league. It's just Kareem Hunt deserves to probably be right in that conversation, and we saw what he could do. So – I, I don't disagree with you, your take on that Derrick Henry, but he's a better player. He's got a better matchup. He's better overall, period. I, I, I thought, I'm not that concerned. The Patriots, actually, you can run against. It's not lights out, especially because they're not giving up the rushing touchdowns, but they're not stopping running backs. And so I, I'm not that worried. But, I mean, that's Ezekiel Elliott. Who's that char- scared of starting Ezekiel Elliott anyway? Yeah, like all those 10 guys, you're definitely starting in your lineup. So if we go to number 11 in the rankings, I put in Jordan Howard. Do you think he's going to play? Because if he does, I'm playing him. It's a great spot. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. The the whole signing with JJ and the report that afterwards that he's got an option to work that contract back into being effective carried over to 2020 makes me think like, are they thinking more long term here? Or is there something like or is there a legit concern about Jordan Howard the rest of the season? I don't know. So if he plays uh, because they completely held him out last week, which is good to make you feel like, Hey, they're not going to play him unless he's hundred percent. So if he plays, I think you kind of have to, but it's now we're back to Doug Peterson. And I don't know that JJ is going to call off the street. And even the second we can get significant touches, but it's Doug Peterson. I can't put Jordan Howard at 11. I cannot put him that high. Well, then you get into this issue of all the guys behind him. So I went Howard, then Lindsey Le'Veon. Fantasy Pros has expertly ranked Mark Ingram at number 14. Gurley, Coleman, Hyde, Hunt, Mixon, and Singletary. Like, I don't feel particularly good about any of those guys, especially with Le'Veon Bell. Oakland has a pretty good run defense, but what was going on last week with all these snaps to everyone else on the team? I know he played a bunch, but it just seems <laughs> strange that for the first time all year, the Jets started using a rotation at running back. 
uh do you know who's still in charge over there does it really seem strange that they do anything that doesn't make sense it's adam gase this is part of the like the negative side of things people painted for this entire season is gase doesn't use bell cow running backs and screws things up everywhere he goes and that's what's happening there but I, why not todd Gurley? like todd Gurley has turned back into todd Gurley. like i i think that there's the concern that any given week he can be banged up and i know malcolm brown did get a touchdown last week but if you're talking about in this conversation, you know, the Ravens, great defense, but it's not, I mean, it's beatable. It's not it like lights out against the run like the Eagles or the Bucks are. So I feel better about Todd Gurley at this point after what we've seen where he started to turn the corner. I mean, the, the Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson snaps are down in the teens. So they're certainly kind of treating him back like that bell cow again. They are treating him like the bell cow. I just worry about game flow in this situation. I think the Ravens are going to score a bunch of points on the Rams. And if they're playing from like 10, nothing, then all of a sudden, a lot of those girly touches go out the window, especially if we do think that both cooks and woods are going to return this week, which it looks like they're gonna. That when I thought it sounded more like woods was not coming back this week. Do we, do we know what's going on with woods? Or is that still Nobody's like a mystery? saying? No, it's still a I, Scooby-Doo I just, mystery. I, I just assumed that he would be back after a week. Maybe, then if not... No, the report, the, the report late afternoon around Monday night football time was that Woods likely not this week either. That Cooks is going to return, should be ready for Monday night, but Woods still likely not. Now, things might have changed. And hey, guess what? Your rankings and my rankings will change all throughout the week like they always do. Yes, if you want to follow along with the rankings and get the updated rankings as they get updated every single day when the news changes, you can hit the description of this video or podcast and boom, they're in there. And they'll be freshly updated, you know, most of the time, uh, at least every day. And then before the Thursday night game and then after the Friday injuries, then again, Sunday morning, then again, after the inactives. I mean, all the <laughs> key times that you need to make lineup decisions, the rankings will be properly updated to the second as of then. So I guess I'll end up moving him out. I, so how far down should I move Jordan Howard then, would you think? Mm, before your rankings, I would move him down. Behind uh, it's Yeah, behind Gurley. The Tevin Coleman one is frustrating because the Packers give up touchdowns or don't give up many touchdowns, kind of give up a lot of yards. Or is it the reverse? Is the touchdowns and then not the yards? Either way, they've been beatable. Actually, it is. They give up touchdowns and not the yards. And that's why I'm thinking back to why I felt a little bit better about Tevin Coleman this week is because he's basically become touchdown reliant. He's annoying. This entire backfield's annoying. What a surprise. Kyle Shanahan annoys the living hell out of this. He has very little competition last week. Everybody had him as an RB1, and he disappoints. But the Packers give up rushing touchdowns, not a ton of yards. I feel better about him in this situation. But between the two, the opportunity for Howard, I don't know. That's Y'all let you make that call. I don't know where to go with these two guys right now. Yeah, I'll slot in Howard between Gurley and Coleman, just in the off chance. Like, let's say that he is active. I do think that he'll be okay. And I really love this spot against the Seahawks. I just think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. And that's certainly the opportunity, but I would move Gurley up in general too. Like it's not just move him behind Gurley. Yeah, it's move I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel that. Well. I don't feel that good about Gurley. I wasn't that sold. Okay, fair. Yeah, whatever. Um, so then Hyde, Hunt, Mixon, Singletary. You're probably gonna have to play those guys. The Mixon matchup sucks, but it is what it is. Then at 21, I have James White. Now it gets really thin quickly here. So White at 21, Breda, Jalen Samuels, because these are PPR rankings. So Jalen Samuels is going to get the boost up. Brian Hill, Jamal Williams, David Montgomery against the Giants, Sony Michelle, Bo Scarborough, Kalen Balaj, Jordan Wilkins. Like you could rearrange those guys in any sort of order that you want, but none of them are really fantastic plays. 
No, but see, for your full point PPR is why I would have Jalen Samuels significantly higher. I but just even seeing how especially in the Thursday night game after James Conner went out like the fact that they kept continued to use Edmonds so much on the field like it, it would kind of surprise me because they were down in that game I figured that Samuels would be playing like 100% of the snaps because he's the pass catching down back they're behind in this game they have to be throwing but he just wasn't out there that worries me Hey, you know what, though, we don't really have a real reason. And I'm going to just go with the matchup and he's the lead option because the one week where it was. The, so you have the game with the tons of the pass catching. That's where all his value came from was the 13 catches in that game. The next week he leads in rushing and he gets the carries and still his usage in the passing game. And then what you're bringing up. So it's been all over the map. There's not really been a like, this is how they're using Samuels. This is how they're using Edmonds. It's been all over the place. So I'm just going to defer to. He's the number one on this team. Whether or not that means 40% of the work or 60% of the work, he's the number one on this team, and it's against the Bengals. I would feel better than him as than chasing what Kareem Hunt right now. You talk about somebody as somebody else. Kareem Hunt's essentially James White, so I would put him in front of James White, and that's Kareem Hunt. So I'd put him all the way up by Carlos Hyde. Oh, no, I, I think that Kareem Hunt's role week to week is far more solidified than James White. It doesn't seem like he gets written out. No, 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 but his performances are James White performances. They, they are, but he's consistently doing them. So, I mean, I would have James White a lot higher. It's, just, it's two games. We, we have two games. He's played two games. He's been a PPR sensation through two games. He's essentially like playing slot for them. Yeah, and what happens if you talk about game spread a, a lot, and that's what you're talking about right here with the, the Steelers. What if this game, like, we don't see Kareem Hunt because they don't need to, and they're just destroying the Dolphins? They were destroying the Steelers last week, and they were still using him. I, that's fair. I'm just throwing out you throwing out like little things by for mine. <laughs> no, no, I get it. But I mean, I, I feel like Kareem Hunt. No, is, he's going to he's going to play. He's, he's going to play. OK, dollar bet put, on what? Put put a loogie on it or whatever. Hunt, Hunt versus who? Jalen Samuels versus Samuels. All right. I'll take Kareem Hunt this week. I mean, for the sake of my fantasy teams, I hope you're right because I have a ton of Jalen Samuels because I, I had James Conner, and you know, God knows when he's coming back. But with Jalen Samuels, I hope I'm wrong on this one. I'll lose the dollar to you uh, for Jalen Samuels to score 40 points this week. I desperately need it. If Jordan Howard sits, what are we thinking in the Eagles' backfield? Sanders again with all the snaps, or does Ajayi actually make an impact this week? I would say it's similar to what we said. Well, I say more JGI, but I still think that Sanders would see the higher workload, though I would expect more carriers for JGI because as Sanders proved last week, he's very elusive and he's got a lot of value in the passing game, but Sanders struggles at times between the tackles. And if JGI is up to speed and knows this playbook that quickly, which helps from being on this team, I think you might see maybe more of a 40, 30 to 40% for JGI this week. So you would down tick Miles Sanders a little bit. Yeah, the, the, the issue would be, I think I'd probably move up Miles Sanders from where I have him ranked, which is just outside the top 30. Uh, you're basically relying on him to turn one of these receptions into a touchdown, and that's just tough to do, to tell you the truth. It's tough to do in general. So it, it's, But it, you talk about the opportunities here. It's a game that should have points. I, it kind of almost comes down to more, though, also the quarterback plays. It's been a struggle for this team. And it's understandable. No Alshon Jeffrey last week. I think Alshon Jeffrey would actually help Miles Sanders a little bit just because, look, we've been talking about this entire season. What do you do if we're facing the Eagles? Just stop Zach Ertz. Well, the Patriots in a different way, it would stop everybody except for Ertz and Goddard as their two top weapons in that game. Uh, so if you look at it, stop Ertz, stop Miles Sanders because there's no Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, 
are you going to focus that much on Goddard or terrible Nelson Aguilar? So I think Alshon Jeffrey might help Miles Sanders a little bit. Potentially. I actually kind of like when we get to the rankings, I don't love Nelson Aguilar this week, but I think he's entirely playable this week where he was not against the Patriots. So hopefully he just doesn't drop every target that comes his way. That would be, I mean, a huge <laughs> upgrade in his performance, but we always find these like Nelson Aguilar, eight catches for 51 yards and two touchdown type games, like once or twice a season. He's already had the one this year. So maybe it comes up in a shootout against Seattle. We'll end up seeing what do you do with Darius Geis? Four red, mm. four red zone touches last week. Yeah, in garbage time. That's still, that's still the thing. He looked the best of the three backs on Washington. Well, well, yeah, and that's with Adrian Peterson being Adrian Peterson at this point. And I mean, Wendell Smallwood. I don't think even Wendell Smallwood it should be in this conversation for what we're talking about. Adrian but Peterson the, the, versus the, the, the problem. The problem was Wendell Smallwood played the most snaps of all of them. Right. And you're talking about talent, though. And yeah. He's not in the conversation when you're talking about talent. So I'm going back to the point here is what I said last week with the Redskins is Darius Geis is still not going to be treated as a bell cow for the rest of the season. They have nothing to play for this year. They're looking for the future. Darius Geis has multiple injuries to his career already. You're not going to give him the ball 20-plus times. And a lot of his usage didn't come until garbage time, which, sure, he looks great. Sure, that worked out for him. And sure, they should be in a lot of garbage time because Dwayne Haskins isn't ready. This team is miserable. The defense is miserable. So the opportunity is there. But what the point of that is what I'm going to say is this is telling and what the Redskins plan to do. So I think you have guys in the passing game. You have guys understanding that his floor is essentially one or two points. But the ceiling is what we just saw last week. He's going to probably do more than anybody else on this team with his per touches out of the backfield. I just switched up the rankings a little bit. I was awful off because I like Naheem Hines the best of the Colts running backs. So I swapped him with where I had Jordan Wilkins. So he's now one spot behind Kalen Balaj at number 30 this week. I think you can mind. I mean, he, it's one of these things. Like if you didn't know the status of Jordan Howard and it looked like he was trending towards playing and you had the option to play Naheem Hines or Miles Sanders, I think I would play Naheem Hines on Thursday night and just roll with that. Ah. Uh... I think I'd still go Miles Sanders. I, I understand, but Miles Sanders has been consistently used in the passing game. Naeem Hines, you know, I just made the point about the pass catching opportunities for running backs in this matchup. But at the same time, Hines, with or without people hurt, with or without people healthy, with just opportunities in general, he's not had a lot this year and he's not done a lot with his opportunities. I'm still going Sanders between the two. It all depends on what you think this game, how this game plays out. If you think the Texans jump out to a lead, then I think we'll see a lot of Naheem Hines in this game. I don't necessarily think so. That's why I'm saying like, I don't, Naheem Hines, like he hasn't seen huge jumps in opportunities when they've even been down. They've seen small, but it's not like where it's, hey, Naeem Hines goes from 20% of the snaps to 50% because they were down by two scores. It's not been that kind of season, and that's where I'm headed with this, is that Miles Sanders you know, still gets that little bit of a jump, but it's still more because he's already more involved than Hines to start. You he's like got that extra – he's going to start ahead. Are we doing another one? Is that what you're about to say? I was going to say, hey, do, you, do you want to do Hines versus Miles Sanders? Yeah, we're going to have to find a third one to make sure that we don't even out. Oh, well, then we can just roll it over into next week. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find something we disagree with at some point yes. throughout the course of the rest of the show. Before we move on to wide receivers, I want to let everyone out there know to smash the like button. Uh, leave your DraftKings handles in the comment section, not the live chat. You leave your DraftKings handle in the live chat, you get banned for life. You just do it in the comment section and tell me your favorite wide receiver sleeper, and you're in a draw for 20 DK bucks. However, 
If you subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, download the episode, leave a five-star review, something you like about the show, and a DraftKings handle, you'll be in the draw for 50 DK dollars. So you better go out and do that if you're sticking around for trade deadline questions. We're still doing the normal show. We're going through all the positions, and we will be taking your trade deadline questions towards the end of the show after we finish up on the defenses. So just got to wait around for that. And if you leave your trade questions in there right now, I'm not going to answer them because I'm going to call for the questions. Then we're going to go through them that way. All right. Wide receivers, Jake, I move, I will move Robert Woods out of the equation here. So I'm going to go with you and your intel that he's probably not going to play. Hope everything's all right with Robert Woods, considering we don't know what it is. But Brendan Cooks, Emmanuel Sanders, Corey Davis, and Sterling Shepard I have in the rankings. Devin Funches, Auden Tate, Philip Dorsett, Juju, T.Y. Hilton, A.J. Green, Paris Campbell, or Pally Campbell, as I call him, Deshaun Jackson, Paul Richardson, Alshon Jeffrey, Will Fuller, and Deontay Johnson, I have all out of the rankings as of right now. Now, a few of those guys may play. We'll know about Fuller and Hilton on Thursday night off the hop because you know, those are the first games of the week. If Hilton plays, he's a must-start, right? Yeah, I would say so. It's T.Y. Hilton. I don't care coming off injury or not. This is similar to other receivers of this talent even with Jacoby Brissett, even with a muted passing attack where Brissett's throwing 200, 220 yards in a game, the touchdowns have been there. At the beginning of the season, we were talking about the touchdown rate being on the level of Russell Wilson. So, yeah, the yards might not be as much as they were with Andrew Luck, but it's T.Y. Hilton. He's still top 20 every single week, a lot of times top 15. If he plays, this team has shown they're not going to rush him back out, as we've seen. So I would play him, absolutely. Especially if they're going to see that the fact that they don't play Thursday and then have the full 10 days and they're going to play him on Thursday night, I would play T.Y. Hilton. Was the Colts' win last week their first win without T.Y. Hilton in like three years? <laughs> I, think it, I think it was. I don't have that stat off the top of my head. I'm not. Uh, what's that company that does all that stuff that they're always referencing? Is like if you go to the blah blah, he's got you know what? What is the name of that company that that's all they do? Like no random idea. stats. No, idea like what you're the about. the second Thursday of you know the fourth year, the seventh moon under the sun has done this on seven p.m. games or something like that. Those guys. I don't know. You need to. T- you, someone needs to tell me what that is. That sounds great. I'm just going to base all my analysis <laughs> off that from now on. Somebody is is are they paying attention to the chat over there? If anybody knows the freaking name of the company, I, I wish I knew. It's like the this the stat company is what the heck? It, it, oh, whatever. Somebody knows. Okay, let's say Will Fuller is active on Thursday night. Would you play him? Oh, you know how I feel about Will Fuller. No. So, so it's <laughs> yeah, well, it's yes or no. That's <laughs> no, it's ninety percent no, and hopefully you get the ten percent yes when he hits. He's Deshaun Jackson. I like if you if he's your wide receiver four, I'm starting Will Fuller every time because he's the wide receiver four. If he's a wide receiver three, maybe. But this is the Will Fuller situation. You know, for weeks on end, it was Will Fuller could hit. Will Fuller's going to hit. Will Fuller's going to hit. And then he does. And everybody's like, see, told you Will Fuller was going to hit. Well, what about the three or four games before that? Will Fuller is, he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver or he's going to be 50. And that's just what you have to understand. Yeah, he's a better DraftKings play than he is a season-long player. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, he's a guy that you mix in. It's almost like Tyree Kill. If you don't use Tyree Kill every single week in your DraftKings lineup, you're going to miss on the weeks that he scores 50 points, and you're going to need those 50 points in order to win. Now, he's a bit more consistent. He's like the the rich man. He's the billionaire yes. version of Will Fuller. <laughs> but 
it's the same with Will Fuller. When he goes off, he absolutely breaks the slate. So you're going to have to deal with some of those zeros because you don't win every week anyway. So if you play that type of guy, eventually he's going to hit, and you want to cash in on the week that he does hit. Yeah, and that's how you look at it. By the way, I pulled up the video so I could see the chat. Chicago Kev, the Elias Sports Bureau. That's what I was trying to think. Of. Oh, Elias Sports Bureau does stuff like that? Yeah, that's they, that's what they always reference, and it's weird. So that's what I was saying. It's like, you know, when they've come off 13 straight losses or, you know, 13 straight whatever, and it's on this type of day, they're 4-2 and two or, you know, random weird crap like that. Shout out to Chicago Kev and your listener group. All right. Thanks for tuning in, Chicago Kev. Michael Thomas, <laughs> number one in the wide receiver rankings. Guess who I have at number two? Uh, you, can see it, you can see it on the screen. It's Odell Beckham Jr. This is going to set it off, Jake. It's starting this week. Beckham is back. Mm, I don't know about that. Oh, Oof. yeah. You want to make a Beckham bet? Beckham? Well, I was going to say versus everyone else. <laughs> Can I get the field? <laughs> the field, except for Michael Thomas. Uh, I will say that Odell finishes as a top five wide receiver this week. I'll take – hold on. Let me look at these ranks. I'll take I'll, – I'll go against that. They'll give us a third because you give me both Tampa Bay guys. You give me Julio Jones against Tampa Bay. You give me Hopkins. Yeah, uh, yeah. At Adams. I know Adams got a bad matchup. I'll, def- I'll take that. All right, so I go Thomas, Beckham, Julio, Hopkins, Lockett, Edelman, Godwin, Evans, Devontae Adams, Golden Tate. That's a top 10, even with Sterling Shepard returning. I like Golden Tate a lot here in this matchup against the Bears, where you can run on them, you can throw underneath. Seems like a perfect situation for Golden Tate. Number 11, Cooper Cup. Go ahead. Yeah, what if Evan Ingram's active too? Are you still going to have Golden Tate as your top 10? No, I'll probably bump him down, but I don't have Evan Ingram as active in my rankings. Okay, I just wanted to see if that played a factor. Yeah, no, it does. It absolutely does. Um, and it's just like how Sterling Shepard hurts uh, Darius Slayton in this situation with the, I have him in the ranking. So I have Cooper Cup at number 11. DJ Moore, Devontae Parker, Allen Robinson, DJ Chark. Uh, in not the greatest matchup. DD actually should draw the better matchup, I would think. No, it's, it's the other way around. DD has the, the worst matchup. Chark has the good matchup against Tennessee. Sorry about that. Tyrell Williams, Emmanuel Sanders with his ribs injury. <laughs> Jamison Crowder, Jarvis Landry, Amari Cooper. I'm worried about these Dallas guys against New England, man. I would certainly be, except I'm not worried about Randall Cobb of all of them. And this has nothing to do with recency bias. If you look at New England, the one thing that works is slot, short, middle of the field. The opportunity is there. So I think Randall Cobb, that's where he makes his hay. And he's been productive over the past two weeks as Dak Prescott. Granted, Dak Prescott's been throwing lights out. But at the same time, if you take away Amari Cooper, and that's what's going to happen, Stefan Gilmore is going to be on Amari Cooper for probably the majority of the game. And when he's not, he's going to get a little sprinkle of Michael Gallup. The opportunities, look at what wide receivers have done, what ones have had success. It's 90% slot, guys. I pulled it up the other day because I was talking about Randall Cobb in the waiver column for it. I can get bit, but like if it came down to it and you had Amari Cooper, are you benching him for Randall Cobb? I just don't think I could do that. I mean, people know that how I do my rankings. Like, who would I play? If it right. was my lineup and I had this guy and this guy, who would I play over the other guy? I don't really base it off projections. It's how I would start them. And Right. Well, projections, and maybe you could be completely right about this, that Cobb could be the better play than Cooper. I just can't envision myself sitting Cooper for Cobb. No. And this is where it comes down to start your studs and overthinking and playing the matchups too much. Look, you, we can make all these arguments both ways, but the truth is, is it's going to be 
what people are going to do is usually in sports, you know, how they are, their reactions, confirmation bias. If it comes out of this game and Mari Cooper has a good game it's see, this is why you start your studs. If he does it, it's going to be, see, this is why you avoid Stefan Gilmore. Same thing with Randall Cobb. If he smashes and Cooper doesn't be like, see, you should have went with Randall Cobb because he had the better opportunity and vice versa. So it's usually confirmation bias. You don't bench somebody of Amari Cooper's talent. You could have maybe, you know what? Last year's Amari Cooper, I'd think about starting Randall Cobb. This year's Amari Cooper, no. You know, Amari Cooper's now put himself in that top 10, at least top 12 conversation where you roll him out there, you take it on the chin if he only gets you three points, but you can't go away from the fact he might overcome and get you 15 to 20 points. Oh, speaking of taking it on the chin, there's a guy in the chat who told me I dress like Ribarachi which I take as a gigantic compliment. Very well-dressed man, Liberace. But this guy seems to know a lot about Liberace, if you know what I'm saying. The, the, was that a euphemism? I would, more of an allegory, but sure. Um, <laughs> Cooper Cup, how worried are you on a scale of 1 to 10? 1. Okay, so you're not. Like, no. Hey, look, Josh Reynolds slightly outperformed him last game, but no Robert Woods last minute, a banged-up Gerald Everett. What did you have to stop in the past game? Cooper Cup. Brandon Cooks is back. Even if Robert Woods isn't out there, you give me Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Josh Reynolds, Gerald Everett, even at 50%, a more balanced team. Just basically more opportunities to get the attention back away from Cooper Cup. Even if you try to treat him as the number one again this week, you're going to get burned if you go elsewhere. So that should soften things up in general. I think Cooper Cup is still Jared Goff's guy. The only concern I have with this team is the same concern I've had for, like I've told you this last year, I told everybody this again this year. And whether or not huh, I told you so is Jared Goff's not a good quarterback. The end. Yeah, that, that's problematic when it comes to receivers. I've heard it. He's just he his decision making has never progressed to the NFL level. Sean McVay is a genius. He helped Jared Goff succeed, but as soon as teams figured out what McVay was doing with Goff, it stopped. We see this with other players, other sports, and stuff like you give. Credit where credit is due. All the credit I'm giving is to McVeigh, not golf. He got the best out of golf when he could, but now the teams have figured things out. It's either McVeigh needs to figure things out differently now, or golf needs to improve. And golf hasn't improved in his vision and decision making. It's the same problem he had coming out of college. And I'm not hating on the guy for a six. Like the personal side of me is like, hey, I hope Jared Goff overcomes. The football side of me is like, huh, like I thought I hate him. He sucks. <laughs> Number 21 in the rankings, DK Metcalf against Phil. Are you? Buying that Philly has reinvigorated their defense, or was Brady just bad? I would say that maybe we underrated the return of Mills and um. Oh, I was just about to say his name and it went out of my mind. The two guys that returned for Philly is just Ma you know Ma Maddox and Mills. No, the Mills and oh god, I can't think of his name. Don't throw out another name. It's just gonna like confuse me at this point. <laughs> but no, because like once you get a name in your head and you're stuck, it's not gonna help. Oh no, but, I get you. So the return of both of them Johnson. has definitely no Wilson. <laughs> no <laughs> Darby. I mean, Ronald what, Darby. Wasn't Ronald Darby like the eighth stringer to begin the year? He's look, this is how bad their secondary is that two solid. Well, Mills solid Darby eh, is it's funny that you you actually helped me throwing out all those stupid other names <laughs> anyway sir. i'm here to help that's what i do jake <laughs> i'm a help like similar to what you and i talked about last week with atlanta all of a sudden be sneaky good since dan quinn gave up play calling duties sometimes little changes can make a big difference for a football team now i'm not scared of the eagles secondary oh and well if you okay watch that you're not you're not scared of them but would you say you're scared of them 
<laughs> no, I wouldn't even say I'm tentative of them. I just would say it's not the must start smash everybody against the Eagles like it was before they came back. Yeah, so that's why I'm a bit pensive on. I mean, I'm not pensive on Metcalf. I have him at number 21 in the rankings, but behind like the Landry's and Coopers, um, Jamison Cratters and Emmanuel Sanders. So I have him at 21, Calvin Ridley at 22, Scoran McLaurin at number 23, who was one hmm. really. It was a like a non-existent penalty, but that would have been his hundred yards. Like they're still just going deep downfield to him. I like the shots they take. I think he's really good. And I think there's a situation where he just beats Slay. Uh, I, I just like him. Does he? A lot. Yeah, I think he does. Um, you, they, why do you hate? They, why do you hate Darius Slay? I don't. But like people are giving <laughs> Darius Slay so much credit for taking out Amari Cooper last week. But the the joke was on the Lions as everyone else on the field was completely open. The Redskins don't really have that luxury, uh, so they're just going to force the ball to him. Here, but the thing was, so I had a ton. This is not be like, haha, look at me. I cashed, no, no, where but, I cashed but, but it is though. No, 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 no. <laughs> I cashed even in your tournament again because I had a lot of Michael Gallup because the number twos against the Lions this year have done a lot of work, mostly because Slade does deserve credit. Like maybe he's not top five, top 10, but he deserves credit. And yes, Amari Cooper, to your, what your point, Amari Cooper wasn't 100%. Everybody else was wide open. But the number twos have been wide open a lot against the Lions this year. Now, the number two is now turned into Kelvin Harmon, who actually had one more snap than Terry McLaurin. I'm just saying, I, I think you, you heard me when I said, mm, when you put him there, I'm a, little, I'm a little bit more hesitant than you are on Terry McLaurin this week. I'm still just diving in head first. I don't care if it's the shallow end. I like myself, some scoring McLaurin. Uh, I just think they're going to force him the ball. After him, I go Cortland Sutton. Draws a, this is a good test for Cortland Sutton this week against Tredavious White. Uh, I'd still start him, but you know I don't love the upside. On the other side of the ball, it's a nice matchup for, or it's a bad matchup for John Brown, but he's been so good, you kind of figure it out. Gallup, Boyd, Didi, Kenny Galladay, Brendan Cooks at number 30. I had no. Robert Woods at number 31, but I will remove him from the rankings. Then Marvin Jones, Debo, Hollywood Brown, Curtis Samuel, James Washington. That is with the expectation that both Deontay Johnson and Juju are going to sit. Kenny Stills with the expectation that Will Fuller is going to sit. Zach Pascal with the expectation T.Y. Hilton is going to sit. <laughs> Nelson Aguilar with the expectation that Elshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are both not going to play. And Demarius well, Deshaun Jackson's done. Yeah, and Demarius Thomas, who's good for like four catches and 45 yards every single week. One of these weeks, he's going to get into the end zone. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. All right. Can I go back to one and ask you a question after uh, if this person and if that person, if this can, can I go jump up back to your 20 to one to 30? Yeah, sure. Go nuts. Is it a pure volume argument for Tyler Boyd at this point? Because it, it I'm is. not doing it. Yeah, it is. Even, a pure, well, against and, the Steelers and, and Auden Tate and AJ Green, both not expected to be playing. Well, I don't care. Even with Auden Tate being on a tape, like Tyler Boyd's been the biggest disappointment from somebody for uh, what you should. Hey, you're getting all these opportunities. Do something with them. The numbers bore true of AJ Green on and off the field with Tyler Boyd. It's been this entire year. I don't think taking away Auden Tate is going to do anything for Tyler Boyd. It's probably going to do something for Alex Erickson. All right, so with Tyler Boyd, how far down should I move him? I bumped down Didi into that Curtis Samuel range, but would you play Curtis Samuel or would you play Tyler Boyd? Mm, I'm going Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel. He's getting it. Like that's the thing is, we would assume he doesn't see Marshawn Lattimore if he's even if Lattimore plays the entire game because of how the Carolina Panthers move pieces around. So he's going to get that PJ Williams, Eli Apple at some point in that game. Okay. Would you play James Washington or Tyler Boyd? Now we're in the same argument of talent and opportunity. Uh, that's 
I'll go James Washington because he's my boy. All right. D.D. Westbrook or Tyler Boyd? If you notice, there was no analysis there. <laughs> That's fine. Sometimes, uh, sometimes uh, Jake, you just got to pick. When I give you two names, you just got to pick one. I would actually, you didn't even say the name. I would go Chris Conley over both because I would go Chris Conley over D.D. Westbrook. He's their number two. He got treated as their number two. He's been their number two. I know D.D. is back to close to 100%, but Nick Foles, there was chemistry with Conley too, and Conley was treated as their number two last week, and I don't know that it changes. All right, so in the sleeper section, again, if you want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your sleeper receiver in the comment section, not the live chat, the comment section, along with your DraftKings handle, and you will be in a draw for 20 DK dollars. If you want to get into a draw for 50 DK dollars, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Download Zem episodes. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show, and boom, you'll be in the draw for 50 DK dollars winners will be announced on next Monday's live show, 1 p.m. Eastern time on the DraftKings YouTube channel and the Pat Mayo Experience Facebook page at the PME on Facebook. The trade deadline questions will be coming here in a second, but we're now into sleeper wide receiver section. So you mentioned Cobb. I like Cobb. I like Demarius Thomas. I like Nelson Aguilar. I think Cole Beasley could be in for a nice game against the Broncos just because the outside receivers can be shut down unless you're really good, like someone like Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. Other than that, like Hunter Renfro, that's that's about He's, it, really. Scott Miller. I, see, so I talked about no, there's one you still haven't said that I'll I'll bring up, but to go back to Renfro real quick. I talked about it on the waiver column. I'm just so hesitant because He's been doing so much with his opportunities, which is great, but he's still so far behind Zay Jones and snap counts that it's kind of one of those. They don't throw to Zay Jones, which is you're right. Do you know know why they do that? Because he stinks. Exactly. But the thing about Renfro is to quote you from earlier about Zay Jones, (laughs) there's just one problem. He's not any good. (laughs) Exactly. You should (laughs) drop that in here. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so to go back to this is like it's Renfro 20 to 30 snaps a game that that brings me hesitation because he still has to perform and catch almost everything he sees like those four or five targets. I'm not saying I'm not going to use and I'm not even putting Zay Jones in the conversation. I'm just a little hesitant for Renfro for the one that I would actually go the other way with. And I know Chase Daniels at quarterback, but we don't have any evidence of Chase Daniel with Taylor Gabriel because they played in opposite games Two Chase Daniel games was with Taylor Gabriel out. But similar to the point about the Patriots, the Giants secondary, with or without Janoris Jenkins turning the corner, they still get exposed over the middle of the field. Their second corner with DeAndre Baker. I think Taylor Gabriel could show up a little bit if Chase Daniels at quarterback this week. I think he could as well, but that very well could just be Anthony Miller, and we're just flipping a coin at this point. It could, but I'm going to lean Gabriel for what he's been doing this year and the use so far. Again, it could definitely be Anthony Miller, but we don't have a lot to go with with Chase Daniel with only two games. And again, Taylor Gabriel were, wasn't in those games. And yeah. the, actually, I think the second most targeted player, Javon, by Chase Daniel, I think it was Javon Wims. No, no, I was going to say player overall. I think if you total up the two games, I think it was David Montgomery. Really? Oh, that's really interesting. I'll have to go I got to double check, that. but I'm pretty sure I heard that somewhere. If that's the case, then I might have to bet his props this week. Cause yes. it'd probably be like one and a half catches or something. And if Chase Daniel does check down to David Montgomery, that's, that's looking good. Although it seems week to week, the game plan is completely different for the bears on offense. It's never any good, but it's just different. Yeah. I actually lost a prop last week on I Traquan Smith. I was like, Hey, what was he at? Like 23 and a half yards. I'm like, yeah, he's going to kill that. Nope. Yeah. yeah well, welcome to my world. Jacob losing prop bets. <laughs> I, I, I am one for my last one though, because over 46 and a half longest field goal hit in the Monday nighter. 
Oh my God. You bet kickers. I hate you. I just, I felt like teams would be almost like when you can usually do this in Denver, anytime that you're at altitude coaches just feel like, Oh, we can go for longer field goals. Cause they'll make it. Oh yeah. I, the distance wasn't the problem. It's just the fact that you bet on kickers. I would every single game, I would just bet the over on at what a half missed field goal every single time, just for the fun of it. Uh, what do you do if Sterling Shepard returns with Darius Slayton? If Slayton is there by himself without Sterling Shepard, I would bump him up significantly. But if Shepard's there, like it feels like it's now the market share is going to go way down. He'll still probably see yep. some red zone targets if both Ingram and Ellison sit. But that's all you're really praying for at this point. Yeah, I kind of downgrade the entire team outside of Barkley because there's a couple of things here. St- Sterling Shepard... You go back to a Tyler Boyd argument. It has nothing to do with who he's playing with. It's asked where it's it's when he's asked to play outside. Sterling Shepard's numbers in the slot versus being outside are remarkably better. And he's going to play outside because Golden Tate's in the slot. Well, Sterling Shepard on the field is still going to command some attention target-wise. Snap-wise, he's going to take away from Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton brings a different dimension to this team than no other receiver does in that big playability downfield. He's a great option, as you mentioned, in the red zone. It's just where is Daniel Jones going to go? And I don't know at this point because we haven't seen all three of them play together, and we really haven't seen Daniel Jones play with Sterling Shepard. So it's a big risk. You feel like one of them is going to hit, but it could be any one of the three, including Golden Tate. Yeah, I think I would just, I mean, obviously I'm rolling with Tate as evidenced by my rankings. I just think he's the, he has the safest floor. And let's not forget that the Bears' pass defense is still exceptionally good. Like, it's still hard to gain yardage right. against them. Uh, but like I said, backs out of the backfield, being able to run and short dot throws, which would lead me towards Barkley and Golden Tate in this matchup. Right, and I'm with you on that, 100%. As most of us have found out the hard way, getting into debt, easy. Getting out is hard, especially if your FICO score isn't great. Thankfully, now there's Upstart.com, the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just a credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help you pay off your high-interest credit card debt. Upstart goes beyond the traditional FICO score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. I could have used this back, you know, 10 years ago after I had graduated and someone could have invested in me. But hey, here we are now. Upstart believes you're more than just a credit score. They believe in you and they understand that. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes without affecting your credit score. The best part, once the loan's approved, most people get their funds the very next business day. The next day, over 200,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards, student loans, fund their wedding, or to make a large purchase. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. And hurry to upstart.com slash mayo to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes and won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com slash mayo, M-A-Y-O. Quarterbacks for week 12. I got Watson and Winston is in. Trubisky and Stafford is out. I mean, when you're dealing with a hip injury like Mitch Trubisky. I mean, it's tough to play. You know that. You got Lamar Jackson at number one, because why would you have anyone else? Deshaun Watson at number two, <laughs> Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Then it gets a bit tricky after Jameis Winston, who has another decent matchup here against the Falcons. Matt Ryan, Jeff Driscoll, Carson Wentz, 
Derek Carr. That's the back end of my top 10, and I'm not changing it. <laughs> Wait, what? So you're not changing the top 10 at all? No. Unless, okay. unless, I, mean, the- unless I move to Jameis to number one because I love Jameis. Then why am I on the show? I don't know. Listen, people ask that all the time. <laughs> oh, no one ever does that. People love when you're on the show. They much prefer to no, watch they you don't. than me. No, come on, people, come on, I think Jake. you're under underestimating the amount of hate for me. Uh, look, the thing I'll, I will give you credit this, and I'm not crediting it you only because you and I are on the same page. We've been talking about it since he took over as the starting quarterback. Got asked in the waiver column, "Why do you like Jeff Driscoll as one of your top streamers this week?" Run what it. did you say? What did I? Say? He's Josh Allen. Yeah. Agree, completely agree. Like even last week, 50 yards rushing. Like that was that was my single biggest prop on Sunday was Jeff Driscoll over 17 and a half rushing yards. Like when things break down, he just takes off and runs. And guess what? Things break down a lot here. Maybe that won't necessarily be the case against the Skins this week because the Lions are favored. They should win this game. But all of a sudden, like it's not like he can't throw. Like he's not bad. No, he's not. And the interesting thing is too, if you watched a good amount of that game. He had an opportunity to run two or three more times. And he decided to chuck it deep downfield to a quadruple-covered Kenny Galladay. (laughs) It was like he had Megatron out there. It was like, yeah, that worked. That worked for Stafford back in the day. Let me try that. Yes, it's the rushing ability. Like, if he's going to gain the equivalent of a passing touchdown and a half, and maybe 50 is the high end. Let's say he gains 40 on the ground, 35 on the ground. You get a free touchdown on the ground right there. Plus, you get the ability for him to rush it in, which is worth six over the four, and it's a terrible pass defense. He might be able to pass all over these guys too, so I just think he's a great play. Well, and to go back to what you were saying before is maybe not, but the one thing the Redskins have done this entire season is they still do get some above average pressure on the quarterback. And there's been games, the Lions offensive line is so inconsistent. There's some games where it's like, oh, wow, they're giving some decent projection. Look back to Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford had like five seconds to throw on this play. And there's some where they just get just steamrolled. So if you're getting one where, hey, they're getting Driscoll on pressure and he has to scramble, as you may, like once he starts scrambling, is like a 99% chance he's going to keep running. He's not going to do a Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson or anybody else and kind of like stop and be like, hey, I can still throw it. Outside of that, I do like Wentz against the Seahawks here in a game which I do project to be high scoring. Derek Carr against the Jets and their terrible secondary. It's kind of nice because you can't really run on them. I don't like Wentz. You don't like Wentz at all? You just don't like Wentz. No, I love Wentz for, and the problem is, is I completely 180 because of this team. And like, all right, so I like Wentz more if Alshon Jeffries out there. I would put him still not this higher, but higher where I initially have him with no Alshon Jeffrey. But the bigger one too is no Lane Johnson, and it's this entire offense looks broken. Like they just there's no consistency, no flow. It looks like everything is like they're fighting uphill just to try and make offensive plays happen. Uh, even when something breaks right for them, the play falls down when it's Nelson Aguilar. And I know, you know, we can make an argument whether or not I should have caught that. That is a tough catch, period. But it's just even when things go right, it's like it was so hard just to get it right. And I, I, I like I said, I was telling people to buy Wentz for the stretch run because of the playoff schedule. If Alshon Jeffrey's not out there, I can't buy into starting him inside the top 10. I still like Wentz. I'm going to use Wentz this week. <laughs> I know you said you weren't changing. Especially, I said I wouldn't change my top 10. So let's go to number 11. That's where I got Dak. It is a really tricky situation. Um, I mean, obviously, he doesn't run like Lamar does, who beat up on the Patriots. But at the Patriots, it, it's not a great situation. But then you start looking at the guys behind him. Like, are you really going to start Sam Darnold over Dak Prescott? Are you? No, I'm not putting Sam Darnold in front of Josh Allen against Denver. You're out of your damn mind. Really? 
Yes. Here's the thing. Sam Darnold has been god-awful miserable the last two games. One against the Giants. He didn't have a good game. He happened to run for a touchdown, which is not something Sam Darnold does anyway, which saved his day. Last week, he destroyed the Redskins. Everybody destroys the Redskins. The thing I got I, – now, my buddy was in town. He's a Raiders fan, so I watched that entire game. The Raiders, and I actually look back, they've been getting pressured lately, and they've been getting pressure because they have young guys who are starting to step up, especially the name escapes my mind because I haven't been watching a whole lot of this defense, but the kid who stepped up last weekend, like four sacks, or at least it was four or five hits, including sacks on top of it, whatever it might be. You're going to get pressure on this offensive line, being the Jets, which is arguably just as bad as the Bengals, and Sam Darnold with pressure in his face? I, I don't see how he doesn't turn the ball over at least twice in this game. All right, yeah. So okay, I'm good with moving Sam Darnold down. That's fantastic. I'm moving behind. Uh, I'm moving behind Baker Mayfield. There we go. Uh, so Prescott, Garoppolo, Josh Allen. I mean, this this game works one of two ways. I think it's just going to be a run, run, run from both sides of the ball. Both these defenses are pretty good. This just feels like a big Josh Allen turnover game. Lots of sacks, nowhere to throw. He's going to have to do it all by himself on the ground, and I think they'll account for that. They have a speedy D. Mm, I think so as well. I think that this is a solid group that, oh, wow. It's just there's going to be one thing, break right or break wrong, that's going to mix up this entire group. I mean, Jacoby Brissett could finish inside the top 10 against Houston. Ryan Fitzpatrick, reading Ryan Fitzpatrick, despite the fact that Cleveland now healthy, similar to the Eagles, but even better because the defense was, was solid to begin with. There's just a lot of people in this group where it's just going to be one touchdown that breaks this group apart. Yeah, like you could do it with Baker against Miami. I think Nick Foles against Tennessee is a very solid matchup, but I just don't know how well that they're coached. Like you can't really run on Tennessee, but just watch Jacksonville try because that's what they'll probably try to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so as well. I, I like you have Tom Brady down there. You, Tom, why do you hate Tom Brady? Who's, oh, no, there is a guy is, in the chat. Is he done? Oh, one sec. There's a guy in the chat who says, where is Josh Allen? 14. He top five. So take it from a guy who can, you know, not <laughs> type words out properly. Three-letter contraction words properly. Believe that guy. You're a fucking moron, pal. <laughs> well, you gotta, I was at least calling a guy out nice for helping. That just in your face. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I just don't like the matchup. Uh, is there anyone from, like, the very bottom uh, that you do like, like Brissette? against the Texans. It's a nice matchup. I just worry about the lack of options. I do. I, I like Brissett. And as you, I'm looking right now at your rest, Dan, Daniel Jones, wait, we're talking up Daniel Jones to have him second to last. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking up Daniel Jones. Like I had, I had golden <laughs> Tate high and I had his two other receivers like outside the top 50. Okay. Fair. Enough. I didn't realize you had Shepard that low. Yeah. I, I, I think I had him it. at 46 or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't have that. But you know what? I will say the only one in this group that like mildly intrigues me because of game script and they really only have one corner. I know everybody is completely off the Kyle Allen train after last week, but still 300 yards. He's still going to throw the ball. He still has Christian McCaffrey who's good for what? 60 a game out of the backfield almost. I don't think that he deserves to be quite that low, but he could easily finish there. All right, I'll bump Kyle Allen. I'll put him behind Chase Daniel. I think the Chase Daniel matchup is a nice matchup. Mm, I'd put him probably one spot in front of Chase Daniel. So No, one spot behind. <laughs> you love Chase Daniel. We can bet that if you want. We can do Chase Daniel versus Kyle Allen. Uh, no, okay. I will pass on that one. <laughs> All right. Tight ends for the week. I have Kittle out of the rankings right now. So I have Everett, Higby, Dawson Knox, Delaney Walker, and Ed Dixon as in. Kittle, Hearman, Austin Hooper, 
Vernon Davis and Evan Ingram, David Njoku, and Josh Hill as out. Josh Oliver has been placed on injured reserve. He's done for the season. Um, so we'll talk about Kittle in a second. So without him, the rankings are Zach Ertz, number one. Andrews Olson, Fantasy Pros, has kindly ranked Jared Cook at number five. Ryan Griffin, Darren Waller, Ross Dwelly, Smelly Dwelly, Noah Font, Darren Fells, Gerald Everett into Jack Doyle, Hollister, Ebron, Goddard, Knox, Delaney Walker, O.J. Howard, Hawkincust, Jimmy Graham, and Jason <laughs> Witten. Wait, why is it Hawkincust? <laughs> it's a funny name. <laughs> it was a funny name. And the only one is so it doesn't sound like Ebron's playing though. So because of the ankle or because he's still sick? Because of the ankle. All right. So let's That's say why. let's say I'm gonna keep him until I hear he's officially out, but where would you move Jack Doyle to if he does sit? I would put him so you, we're obviously going to talk about Kittle and you have Dwelly right there. I know Dwelly's looked good in two games. Jimmy Garoppolo has been balling out and people are still asking about him. I kind of, I, I would go Jack Doyle one spot in front of Dwelly just because I know Jack Doyle and I know the opportunity here. So you'd have him at number seven? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You're telling me Jack, Jack. And even that's if, so this is Jack Doyle with no Eric Ebron, even if T.Y. Oman plays. So if it's really contingent on if Ebron's out there or not. Okay, that works for me. So I will make that adjustment if I hear that Eric Ebron is going to be out. Uh, I do have him as in for the Now, moment. mind you, Pat, in fantasy pros for the season, I'm 11th in quarterbacks, 9th in running backs, 11th in wide receivers. The only person inside the top 12 and even 15 for all three, but I'm like 93rd in tight ends. But... All that being said, the gap between 93rd and 1st at tight ends is like 23 points, so it's not a huge gap. <laughs> and most of the tight end rankings just come down to which random dude scores a touchdown that week. Right. Well, honestly, like that 23 points could have been the difference between, I think it was one week Kittle was banged up, and I pushed him all the way down to five behind like Mark Andrews, Waller, and stuff like that, and he finished number one that week and scored like 28 points. That right there might have been the difference on the entire season of being like 20th and 93rd. Uh, Jacob Hollister, I have one spot behind Jack Doyle right now. It does appear like Luke Wilson's going to play against the Eagles, and it appears like Ed Dixon will finally make his return from his knee injury. Do you think that hurts his snap count? And is he someone you can trust? Because it does seem like he's somewhat ingrained in this offense, but all of a sudden you throw two more tight ends who are going to get snaps. All of a sudden it's not looking so great. And don't forget Josh Gordon. Josh and, Gordon's and, on this team. Yeah. That's true. And there's some opportunities here. I would still lean Hollister. But if both tight ends are active and now we have Josh Gordon in the mix, I think where you have him is a fair spot. The, the Hollister still has the upside if he's the guy to be top 10 tight end, but where you put him associates the risk that we have involved. Yeah, I have him at number 12 in the ranking. So a start if you need him, and you're probably going to need him. Uh, I mean, unless you were playing some combination, uh, we have Kelsey and Henry both on bye week. And if Kittle and Ingram continue to be banged up, let's say Ingram plays, would you have him inside the top 10? The answer would have to be yes, right? It would have to be uh, only because, you know what, on a full slate, and like I'm like next week with everybody playing. I don't know if, unless we see something from him that he is. And if Kittle plays, he's number one in the rankings. Yeah, I would say so. Okay, so yeah, if, if Kittle plays, you play. If Ingram plays, you play him. Um, that's just sort of the breaks this week with how how it goes down. Uh, Dems the breaks. Dems the breaks. Are you buying Noah Fant here? Uh, bad bad I, matchup, I, I, but. 
don't no problem with it. He's got 20 to somebody tweeted out earlier today since Emmanuel Sanders has left us. I think it was JJ Zachariason since Emmanuel Sanders has been traded between 20 and 25 percent of the target share for this team. Uh, we will be getting to your trade questions here momentarily after we talk about the defenses. But just to check in on the chat, Joshua Smith says Peewee has a pink suit on. Lol. But then he hasn't seen anything since, so he probably finds me so attractive in this pink suit. <laughs> Went and had a beat in the other room. He'll be back soon, though. Watch out for him. <laughs> oh my God. Let's talk about some defenses for week 12. I got Pittsburgh at number one against the Bungles, the Saints at number two, the Ravens, Patriots, Bears, Broncos, Falcons, Lions, Bills, 49ers. Think that's a pretty good collection of teams, plus some teams you can pick up off the waiver wire. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry, I'm still struggling with it. You know what? Uh, it's it's nitpicky, but I would play the Falcons over the Broncos. They're facing Jameis Winston, and we talked about it earlier in the show, right? I used to brought it up since Dan Quinn. I actually wrote this down because I was talking about. It, so I did Chris Harris's podcast for waivers today, and he's always asked for a defense. And the two games is Dan Quinn has given up the play calling duties for the defense. 11 sacks, 13 tackles for a loss, 21 quarterback hits, and 15 passes deflected. Like, that's – and you're getting Winston? I, I would move him up at least one spot in front right. of the, the Broncos. So I've done that. I've moved him one spot ahead of Denver in the rankings. And then because I did that, Jake, I had to go adjust my waiver col- column to move up Atlanta one spot to number one ahead <laughs> of the Broncos, who are now at number two. Hey, I will give you credit. The, the 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 team of you and me, because I do use a lot of what you say with defense. I, I go back to the very first show. I gave you credit. It's like you are great on calling defenses. The team of me making my own calls combined with adjusting my rankings for you. Now I don't just take your rankings. I kind of take your input and adjust mine. By the way, we're number. I say we. We're number four on the year in ranking defenses for fantasy pros. Very simple formula, people. All you need to do is just go to Football Outsiders and you just adjust by adjusted sack rate or just keep up to date on adjusted sack rate week after week after week because Atlanta kind of comes out of nowhere and their adjusted sack rate through the first eight weeks is like 2%. Then it goes up to 11% uh, coming out of the bye week. So you have to adjust for those sorts of things. Just look at good pressure defensive lines versus bad offensive lines. It's, it's really not a tricky formula. No, it's very simple. And now you get a turnover machine in Jameis Winston. He's yeah. good for at least, what, two or three? You'd think so. But watch this be the week he just throws like 500 yards and five touchdowns. <laughs> and, and zero turnovers? He, he's running more recently, too. <laughs> well, it's, well, look at that backfield. Yeah, it's not great. They they tried. At one point, it came up on the screen because I, I desperately needed Jameis. Just one touchdown out of Jameis, and I would have... I actually had a really good season-long week last week, just looking at my teams, but I have Jameis in a ton of spots. I have Jameis, Lamar, and Josh Allen. Those are like my collection of quarterbacks in season-long. Jameis throws one more touchdown. It swings two matchups for me, and they had the ball on the one-yard line and gave it to your boy, Dare Stifler, twice on the goal line, couldn't get it. Dares Ugumurare. Actually, my home league, similar, but it was last night's. (laughs) Philip Rivers throws a touchdown. He wins. Philip Rivers did not throw a touchdown. He threw an interception. He lost. Right. That's going to do it for the rankings. Everyone out there, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, not the live chat, the comment section. Tell me your favorite wide receiver sleeper for the week to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars. If you want to get into a draw for 50 DK dollars, then you just subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show. You'll be drop for 50 DK dollars. I could use 50 DK dollars, but I'm just giving it away over here to one lucky 
viewer, or I guess listener of the podcast now, because you've already subscribed to it. If you're going to get into this draw, uh, winners will be announced on Monday show. Let's go to the comment section. If you have trade questions out Sal there. <laughs> Salvation Army is here, by the way, finally. Uh, do you have to go like get them? I just have to let them in. I mean, you could you, you give your whole spiel. I just did my spiel. You could have ducked out while I was doing my spiel. I didn't pull up till right now. You were about to give your trade question spiel. All right. Start leaving your trade <laughs> questions into the live chat right now while Jake goes and lets the Salvation Army in. Good on him. Getting those tax receipts. I mean, year end is coming up, people. You never bank too many charity tax receipts. And donating to the Salvation Army, who I can now hear Jake talking to in the background. Trade questions now. I'm going to tweet this out. See, this is the one thing you don't get on the podcast. But if you tune in live, you can figure this out. If we have any in here, Hammer7491 in the chat asks, what tier wide receiver could I get in return for a package of Josh Allen and Tyler Boyd? I hate, uh, to, I hate to break it to you, but not very much. Not very much, and I, I don't enjoy questions like these, and not because, like, oh, I don't want to answer your question, but it's relative. Like, what you have to do, if you're hoping for anything, look for a team that needs that position and then go say, hey, this is what I got. And then attack your best player that you think you could potentially get. But you can't just say, what can I get? I want to trade blank. I want to get this. You have to find a team that actually needs it to begin with. All right. The next one comes from Safyan Kulho. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> it's a tough name to pronounce. Saffron? It's S-A-F-Y-U-A-N. So Safyan? Safion. And it's, a, it's it's spelled Cool Joe, but I'm guessing it's Spanish. Maybe it's not Spanish, but if it's Spanish, the J would be an H, so it'd be Coolho. Anyway, that's what I'm going with. You can leave your <laughs> the pronunciation phonetically in the chat if you would like to. 12-team half-point PPR give Carson or Fournette and receive Godwin. Hmm. Carson or oh, Fournette? Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sorry. Carson or Fournette and Godwin receive Michael Thomas. But he would still have oh. Saquon either Carson or Fournette and Jacobs. I actually don't hate that. It's it's a ma not massive. It's a significant, significant overpay, but you have the depth to do it. I mean, I guess if your trade deadline is upon you and you're just trying to consolidate for the playoffs, I just don't, I don't like giving up this kind of depth when it's that level of talent. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah. I'm starting to worry. Not that I don't think that Godwin is good anymore, but his relative inconsistency is something I don't love well, on the playoff stretch where Michael Thomas is just going to be good every week. And you already so have, here's how and, you, and you have equivalent running backs. Like I would, I would, you're giving up more than Michael Thomas okay. is worth, but I think it's beneficial to your team on a playoff run. I'm trying. Well, I'm trying to help you out because I forget who it was to credits for the person who did. So go find out if you can find it. Somebody did tweet out trying to predict Chris Godwin. The thing is with Chris Godwin, when they are close or winning, Chris Godwin, more opportunities, lower air yards when they're behind Michael, Mike Evans, higher volume, more air yards. So if you look at the schedule, Falcons, Jaguars, Colts, Lions, Texans, I don't see very many where they're going to be getting blown out. Maybe Chris Godwin kind of gets a little bit more value down the oh, stretch. Oh, don't underrate Tampa's ability to get blown out, Jake. I mean, that that is true. I'm just trying to help you out. I would take the upgrade to Michael Thomas. Uh, and I, certainly fair. Based on, would you rather give up Carson or Fournette? Uh, I'd rather, let me, let me I think I, it's going to come down to schedule. I, I, yeah, you got to see the schedule. I think in a, 
in a bucket, I think I like Fournette better because I know his opportunity is not going to go anywhere. And we see games, not to say that Carson's not playing a ton. He is. He's a top 10 running back. But in these games, if they ever do get down, I do worry about his pass catching prowess where we, we even saw last week with Fournette that even when you know they're getting smoked in the game and they can't run anything, they're still just going to dump it off to Fournette six times a game. And I just don't see that happening with Carson. So you get that floor that's more baked in. I guess the touchdown upside for Carson is higher because he actually scores touchdowns. Yeah, the one thing is with Carson, he's got the Panthers and the Cardinals in weeks 15 and 16. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Who does Jacksonville get? Uh, not quite that good. Let's see. <laughs> uh, they get they get the Chargers, Raiders, Raiders and, and Falcons. Falcons. So, yeah, I guess I would go Carson over Fournette because the Raiders and Falcons are tougher run matchups than people think. Yeah, it's very close, though. So, yeah, give up Fournette. And I feel like the name Fournette carries a bit more cachet as well when it comes to the trade market than Chris Carson. Yeah, 100%. All right, next question. Danny asks, is this a good deal for me? Not me, but him. I'm cruising to the one or two seat. Congratulations. Traded away Mike Thomas, Fournette, Josh Allen, and Daniel Jones and Raquel Armstead for Delvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Lamar Jackson, and Cortland Sutton. Oh, wait. You said Trey did? He did. I think so. Yeah, traded away. Yeah, so I guess he's already All done. right. Well, now it's my time to be a dick. I'm not yeah. answering your question because yeah, it doesn't matter yeah, because already, it's already done. Yeah, you already made the fucking trade. Who cares? I don't care if it's a good <laughs> we, trade or not. You're, you're going to find out if it was a good trade or not. You've already done well, it. Well, you know, because here's the, the, like, all right, the serious side of it of why we're being a dicks and joking around about it is because if we tell you it was a good trade, you're like, okay, good if we're happy. If we tell you we don't like it, we're dicks, and you could have just found out beforehand. All right, so Peter asks, this is a better one because this trade has not happened yet. Just received a trade offer. Philip Lindsay and Keenan Allen for AJ Green and Fournette. I'd take Lindsay and Keenan. Oh, I yeah. 100%. I don't think I don't, I don't know. think Green is playing. I, does he want to? <laughs> the best one was the was the Simpsons one where the grandpa walks in and walks right back out. That there's AJ Green walking into the locker room to an 0-10 and well at the time 0-9 team with a rookie quarterback. Why would he even step on the field at this point? Uh, Inder Rahel asks, full point PPR, trade away John Brown and Devin Singletary receive Allen Robinson. Hmm. No, it, it feels like an overpay, but I, I think in a bucket, I would rather have Allen Robinson than both those guys during the fantasy playoff bills, fantasy playoff schedule. Not good. No, it's miserable, especially with the Patriots, but I'm, there's no way. I, no, John I think, Brown's not. I think that package could get you more than Allen or someone better than Allen Robinson. Well, so that's the one thing. If you can get better, you can get better. I don't care schedule or not. Devin Singletary, it's so hard to find. Look at how like people are going crazy over Brian Hill, and then this week the pickups to you know, Jonathan Williams. You Devin Singletary's got way more value right now. All right, so big no on that one then. No, I do have to close my door that they just left open. That's freezing right now. All right, so I'll read out the question here. I think you're wearing your wireless AirPods, so you can probably still hear me. If not, next trade question comes from Alberto D. Do I trade Barkley or Chubb for a wide receiver in PPR? I have Kamara and Montgomery as well, along with Godwin McLaurin, Brandon Cooks, and Hunter Henry. I have to know who the receiver is, is the thing. So I think that, yes, I would trade Chubb before I traded Barkley. Have you heard the question? Yes, I'm listening. So you would trade Chubb over trading Barkley, right? Yeah, and I don't know, but the thing is, I don't. I wouldn't trade anyway. He's got good enough wide receivers where I'd have rather have the running backs at this point. If you have Kamara and or Barkley and Chubb, and that's what you, you can do start with, all three. 
you could start all three, depending on the league, I suppose. I would try to upgrade at wide receiver. Like Godwin McLaurin and Cooks is like, all right. But you could get like a legit player for truck for Chubb. I would try to do like if if Montgomery has like a decent week here, try to put like Montgomery and Cooks together and upgrade that way. Well, this trade deadline might before might happen before this week happens. Would so you like going to get Beckham is probably the move, right? He's probably the cheapest of all the receivers who I'd take to be Chubb. Like, no, I'm saying if you put package Cooks and Montgomery together for Beckham, I would do oh. that. Oh, I would do that 100%, yes. Yeah, so I think something like that is a better option than, like, if you're going to trade Nick Chubb or Barkley, like, you need to be looking at Julio. Top five. Yeah, Julio yeah. coming back. Devontae Julio, Adams, Hopkins, maybe. Adams. Yeah, you, know, you, you could I mean, probably you're not do, Michael Thomas. You probably could do Chubbs for Adams. I would make that move. Yeah, you can't do Evans because he has Godwin. Yeah, Evans is tough, but Adams, I think you could do. Like, just looking at it right now, Allen. Tyreek Hill is an interesting buy because of the hamstring injury right now. People end the bye week, then the hamstring injury. Do you think that he comes back, like, all right? I I would try and wait for the MRI. What that might kill, I mean, the person might not want to trade, but he is on his bye. He might still be able to get it done, period. Uh, the thing is, is he wanted to go back into that game. So that makes it seem like, hey, it might just be the altitude, which the altitude usually leans to like little tiny normal things that you could play through, being a little bit more concerned, you know, dehydration and stuff like that. So hopefully he doesn't miss any time with the bye. So Thomas, Beckham, Julio, Hopkins. Do you consider Lockett a top five-ish receiver mm, 10 I, I just because the opportunities are now like now all three tight ends are healthy they do have josh gordon who i don't think is a significant factor but dk metcalf is continually developed this season they just it was not the volume on where it's like it's, Taylor lockett just doesn't need to be paid as much attention to by russell wilson as they did to start the year all right dennis asks austin eckler and either christian kirk or michael gallup for josh jacobs or leonard fournette oh Hundred percent with Kirk for Josh Jacobs, a thousand times over. You know how much I love Jacobs, and Christian Kirk's schedule is not very pretty either, and he's on well, his bye. It's Austin Eckler and one of those receivers. I know. Okay. That's why I said with Kirk. Yeah. All right. So Eckler and Kirk for Josh Jacobs. Boom, you got it done. Yeah, I would do it a thousand times. Deal. <laughs> uh, good idea to buy low on Saquon. I'm not taking those questions. You give me someone for someone. That's the trade <laughs> question. That's, that's stupid. Uh, and the guy says the last name is not Spanish, so I was wrong about that. Uh, start sit questions. I mean, we just did a fucking ranking show. <laughs> Use the <laughs> rankings for your start sit inquiries, please. It's a trade deadline. Would you trade <laughs> DJ Chark for Stefan Diggs? No. No, I keep Chark. I think they're they're so close. That's yeah. a lateral move at best. It might be a downgrade. Half point PPR. Give Godwin, receive Cup, and Conley. Mm, pass you unless you're you would rather have godwin than cup no that's that's the lateral move i was gonna say so unless you need the depth like for when it's that close like what's the reason for it if you really want cup fine but if it's, it goes back to the question right before that it's if it's a lateral move why are you doing it um this guy is asking about like trading for theoretical players where we don't play in that game like rob gronkowski <laughs> Yeah, well, like, like this one, Baron ass, full 10-team PPR. I have Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, Julio, Edelman, Lockett, James White, David Johnson. What should I offer to get Michael Thomas? Like, you have nothing to get Michael Thomas. Hate to tell you. The absolute minimum you can possibly get, which is not going to be enough. Yeah, you, like, you'd have to trade Saquon and Edelman to get Michael Thomas. Uh, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, and then your team's not looking so hot. 
Yeah. Uh, sh- should I trade? Should I get Philip Lindsay for Tevin Coleman? He needs to win this week also. Mm, yes, especially with Broncos' schedule. Yeah. I, I Really, is Lindsay any worse? I know the matchup is worse, but is he any worse after what just happened with Tevin Coleman last week? Yeah. To be honest with you, Lindsay's got a better floor than Coleman at this point. I, I tend to agree. Yeah, I go Lindsay over Coleman. So, yeah, I would make that trade. Is White good enough RB2 if my wide receivers stack with Hopkins, Godwin, Keenan Allen? Or I trade one of those wide receiver and get RB. What RB could I get? It's a <sighs> terrible question. I feel like banning <laughs> you for life. I always love the, like, is my team good enough? Yeah, you're going to fucking figure sure. it out. Sure. It's great. It's the best <laughs> team of all. This team, people tell me it's the greatest. I hear great things about this team. Don't worry about it. By the way, this is taking a really long time just to pick up a mattress and take it to a truck. It's a freaking mattress. Is it a soiled mattress? No. Okay, well, that's good news. It's one of those bed in the boxes where the only way they return it is you donate it. Uh, how do you feel about trading Zeke for either Kamara, Chubb, or Josh Jacobs? If you can get Kamara for Zeke, do it. Mm, I don't love it. That feels like a wash to me. That does not feel like a wash. Kamara is better Why? than Zeke. It just it's the passing upside. There's a floor for Kamara Zeke and just Zeke hasn't been all that great. Kamara hasn't been all that great. Boy, Kamara was hurt for like three weeks. Yeah, we keep giving him excuses. He wasn't that great before he got hurt. I mean, he's not scoring touchdowns this year. I I mean, positive touchdown regression. uh, Potentially so. He did have one taken back last week, but in two games since he's returned from bye week and the injury has 17 catches. Like that's how they're using him again. Yeah, like like four. I'm going with Zeke. I'd rather have Kamara. All right, Uh, so there you go. Would you would you trade away Sutton for Josh Jacobs? Yes. Yes. Would you trade Calvin Ridley for Cortland Sutton? Yes. Yes. Give uh, yes. Now these questions are a lot better. Give Godwin and Chris Carson receive Drake and Devontae Adams. No. No. No, no, no. Uh, I have Darren Waller. Do I send Allen Robinson and Hunter Henry for Odell Beckham? In a nutshell, yes, but I'd rather give up Waller and Allen Robinson for Beckham and keep Hunter Henry if I could. 100% agree. Would you trade Aaron Jones, Sammy Watkins, and Royce Freeman to a team needing running backs for Michael Thomas? Yes. <laughs> mm, what are his other running backs? Uh, other Does running backs for me are Carson and Saquon. Oh, why are you asking? And I have done it already. Yeah, just accept. Just do that. <laughs> Would you trade Lamar Jackson and Josh Jacobs for Patrick Mahomes, Adam Thielen, and Aaron Jones? Hmm. Wait, wait. So Lamar Jackson and who is the at Lamar Jackson and Josh Jacobs? L- Lamar and Josh Jacobs for Mahomes, Aaron Jones. I and love Jacobs so much, but I think so. I think you got to do that. Yeah, Mahomes and Lamar can be comparable down the stretch, and the combination of Thielen and Aaron Jones. Thielen should be good coming off this bye week. You know, speaking of Foyer and Foyer, you, mm-hmm. you so you say you say comparable and not comparable. It's comparable. It's comparable. It's not comparable, Jacob. I mean, we are, you you say Foyer. What the <laughs> fuck do you know? <laughs> You can say them both ways, but that's what you Americans have just beaten down the English language into the most rudimentary form where it makes no sense anymore. So you might want to side with the international on this one of how to actually speak English. How to ask you a boot speaking. Hey, you guys say it more messed up than we do half of the time, depending on the region that you're in. Saquon for Zeke. I think I'd want Saquon. Barley. Barkley. You want Bar- yeah, Barkley or Zeke? We're both on board with that. Give, give David Montgomery receive DJ Moore. Yes. Yeah. Trade away Kelsey for Mixon? No. 
Not even mm, close. No. That, that, Not unless you're. I mean, you got to be dying for running back help. Even so, I'd rather pick up. A, I'd rather pick up Naheem Hines and play him with Travis Kelsey. You just find a better trade. Yeah. Give Julio, Fournette, Chris Carson, receive Cooper Cup and Christian McCaffrey. Yes. Mm, you get McCaffrey. Depends. The answer is yes. Uh, that's nah, that depends. My answer is not yes if my second running back ends up being James White. That would make my running backs McCaffrey, Saquon, and Jacobs. Oh, that's again, just do it. And what are you playing in a six team league? Um, what's a good return for John Brown? The return is stop watching my show. <laughs> Big fan of Pat Mayo. Now that's a good way to start a question. Would you trade Waller for Diggs? Yes. I'm worried about Waller. He's really dropped off. He has. Uh, that was the best. <laughs> That was the best answer ever. So you would do Waller for Diggs? <laughs> I would do Waller for Diggs. Stop watching my show. All right. So I'm going to do question period here for like another two minutes or so. So if you have a question, get it in the live chat right now. Justin asks, I have Godwin Thielen. Oh, no. I, if you're not giving me a one for one or a deal, then I don't fucking care about your question. I'm going to ban you for life. <laughs> would you trade? See, here's a good one. Bobby, would you trade Chris Carson and DJ Moore for Devontae Adams? No. No, no. All right. Give Galladay receive Beckham and Singletary. Yes. Yes. You absolutely Beckham, do that. Beckham, comma, end anything of significance? Yes. Especially for Galladay. I'd rather have OBJ than Galladay the rest of the yeah. season anyway. Yeah. 100%. Uh, John Brown for Beckham or DJ Moore. I mean, the answer would be both of them, but get Beckham. Yeah, I'm t- here's the answer to all your questions out there. It's been in my rankings column. Go buy Odell Beckham if these things are doable. All right. Cat versus Snake asks, would you trade Derrick Henry and Jacob Hollister for Russell Wilson and Odell Beckham? Yes. Yes. Is this actually a legitimate trade or are you just saying like, I want to do this? Like, I can't see the other person actually taking that deal. I don't know. Maybe they're big Derrick Henry. Maybe they desperately need a running back. I don't know. And a tight end? I guess so. Desperate for a tight end? No, people, go, are, go. people are weirdly infatuated with Jacob Hollister. Because right, of Seattle tight end. Yeah, there you go. Uh, would you trade Joe Mixon and Cooper Cup for Kamara and Score and McLaurin? Yes, I would. Yeah. Uh, it's, yes. Marquise Brown for Ryan Griffin or Dallas Goddard? Mm, Maybe Ryan Bra- Griffin. I would act, no. I was going to go Goddard. I'd rather the, the I'd rather number, have I'd rather have Griffin than Goddard rest of the year. Uh, you're asking me to trust Sam Darnold, so that's the problem. It's still tough taking a second tight end on a team. I know he's been all right. Well, he's not. A, he's essentially running as a wide receiver. Yeah. So, like, would you would you trade Hollywood Brown for those guys though? I would uh, Hollywood Brown. Like we saw the report before the game from Diana Rossini that he still doesn't even look 100 percent in warmups, and then we've seen the snap counts haven't been there. We've seen him on the field; it hasn't been there. And even Marquise Brown at his best with Lamar Jackson is still always going to be Deshaun Jackson because Lamar Jackson doesn't need to and doesn't throw 250, 300 yards. He throws around 200, so Marquise Brown has to turn three catches into 70 yards, which he can do. Crowder or Thielen for Philip for Philip Lindsay. I like Crowder, but I'd trade him for uh, Philip Lindsay. I would as well, but I would not trade Thielen for him. I wouldn't unless that's that's kind of even for me. That's if you need running back more than wide receiver. Would you rather give up Golden Tate or Terry McLaurin? Tate. I'd rather give up Tate as well. Give Josh Allen for Noah Font. Also have Jacoby Brissett. You could probably stream mm. tight ends that are 
basically just as good as Noah Fant. He's fine, like, but he's not. You can stream and you can. I I I was gonna say you could probably get maybe even better for Brissett at this point because I think everybody I think everybody's panicking so much on Josh Allen. Do I, no? This is not a. This guy asked, "Do I start or sit these guys?" Use the fucking rankings. They're in the description of the video. We just talked about it for an hour. Asshole. Give Carson and Galladay receive Jacobs. No, I'd pass on that one. I I love Jacobs, but I'm not taking that one. Cratter and Geis for Golden Tate. Nah, I think I'd rather have Cratter than Golden Tate rest of the year. It's close enough that uh, give me Geis as well. Yeah, there's no reason for that. Would you trade Chubb for Beckham? I have Dalvin Cook, Jacobs, Amari, Boyd, and Marlon Mack out. It does seem like you could use a receiver upgrade, and Beckham would be that. Yeah. Yeah, I I would try to squeeze a little bit more, maybe a flyer back because I'm always I'm always going to take the running back at this point in the season, especially. Give up Fournette and Beckham for Dalvin Cook. Hmm, that's no. a bit much. Yeah, it, it's close, but I I wouldn't. As a Lockett hmm. owner, pick up Josh Gordon for Randall Cobb. Nah, just keep Lockett and have Cobb on your team. No, actually, no. Pick up Josh Gordon and trade him if your deadline's not here yet because people are stupid and people keep wanting to give up stuff for Josh Gordon. That is an interesting take. Do you, but he's already unowned in this league. Yeah, so you don't know. that. Still, the waivers haven't run this week yet. There might be multiple teams going after. Here, here's what I'll tell you. Go try to pick him up. If you see multiple people put bids in for him, trade him. If not, then you just make the swap anyway. All right. This guy has asked three questions that are not trade questions, so you're gone, pal. DJ Chark for OBJ, yes. Yes. Trade away Cratter for <laughs> Damian Williams? Probably not. No, Damian Williams could be done for the year. There was reports from the online doctors last night that depending on what the ribs are, ribs could be multiple weeks and rest of the season. Sutton for Tate? I would want Cortland Sutton. Sutton. Give Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb for Odell and Josh Jacobs? Yes. No. Really? It's just an even swap for me. Like, what, like where's the upgrade? I like Odell more than I like Cooper rest of the year, and I like Jacobs more Do than you? I like Chubb rest of the year. Yeah, I I think I I love Jacobs, but that's pretty even for me, and the receivers are pretty even for me. I guess hey, if you want there, you broke the tie. I'm kind of this is high trade for me. All right. That's the end of the questions, and that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, not the live chat. The comment section. Tell me your favorite sleeper wide receiver in week 12 to get into the draw for 50 DK dollars. All you need to do is subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, something you like about the show, and you'll be in that draw for 50 DK bucks. Jake! Tell everyone when your rankings come out and where to download all your myriad podcasts. Oh, God. Every, look, at all in kid. But I'm going to call one question out that you didn't. Would you rather have a pink jacket or a black hoodie? Only because this is a navy blue hoodie, and I would always go with the pink jacket. Pat is the better dresser between the two of us. I just like my T-shirts. But at all in kid, theathletic.com slash all in sports, which is the name of my podcast, 30% off. So you don't pay full price. That's where all the other podcasts are with Chris Meany, friend of the show, the throwback show, the D'Angelo Williams show, all the good stuff, the ranking show like we do with this one. So you probably don't need to watch that one. But don't tell me I said that. Yeah, don't be afraid to hit the like button on your way out. Uh, Alex got in late because he's at work. So I'll give you a quick uh, Pat Mayo answer here at the very end. Receive Philip Lindsay and Nick Foles for Josh Allen, John Brown, and Jamal Williams. 
nah, I'd probably yes. end up passing on that one. But that will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Uh, right after the show is done, hit the description to find all of the content for the week. And the link has just been sent to me for the Pat Mayo Experience. DraftKings open $15 to play, three max entry, no rake, $45,000 of guaranteed money. Everyone get in there. Thanks for tuning in live at the Trade Deadline Special. I'll be back with Jake next week. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!